and welcome. It's good to be in God's house. Some of you got wet coming here. I thank you for doing that, okay? We're, we're Baptists. We're okay with getting wet, right? That's the old joke. And so, uh, well, thank you for being here. Thank you for, for joining us online. I understand it looked like we had a few problems there, but we're, we're glad that you're with us. And so we want to come and worship. And that's what we did just a little bit of there, singing together and singing the words and, and connecting with the scripture through the through the songs and, and through the word that we're going to study here in a little bit. But we're connecting with God, right? That's the, the important thing, to connect uh, with Him. And, and we're going to pray in just a moment. So, the other day I was at, at the Christian Activity Center. I'm on the board there. And, uh, and, and so we met, the executive committee met, Thursday night, and we prayed. Now, the CAC's in the process of, of a park, like 10 city blocks, and they had another building that they, got, they bought or got given to them. And, and, and it's, it's this, when you're looking at it, it's the overwhelming number of things in the dollars that we're talking about to do. So, as we wrestle with things like that, I'm often trying to put things in boxes that I can comprehend. And we often do that in our prayers. We try to put things in, we're asking God, he said, if you watch the videos this week, just beyond our ability. I want to stop this morning, and I want to, as I prayed, and God led me to pray beyond our abilities, I want to pray that God would do something beyond all of our abilities. I mean, it, it's, it, you know, there's a gr good group of you inside of here. Even if we could get you to work all in, in synchronous, okay? You know, that swimming thing that the Olympics is going to do. If we, could all, if we could all do that and all move, and, even at that, our ability is limited to what we can do. And so we're going to pray today. I know that there are people that are getting operated on, people that are healing, people looking for, you know, you, there's all kinds of things on your heart that God is, is moving. There are people that you're praying for that don't know Jesus. We're praying for revival. And, and what do we think about when we think about revival or an awakening? And so what I want to pray is that God would work beyond what you're asking. And that it would be without a shadow of doubt that God is at work. Because what happens times is then we begin to take credit or we begin, you know, we got that lucky shirt, okay, that kind of thing, or that lucky pencil. And I want us to understand that God is at work, not only in our midst, but beyond these walls as we pray this morning. Father, 
come to you in prayer this morning. Father, I, I have things that concern me on my heart. We have a, a church prayer list, Father, of people that need to come to know you, people that need to reconnect. Father, for health issues, uh, for families that are grieving, and Father, for, for other things that are on our prayer list. And each of the people here in this building have concerns of their own. They have things that are causing them anxiety. There, there are people online that are watching either now or later. They also have requests. And Father, we have an idea of what we would like for the answer. But Father, I want to stop now. And Father, not limit you. But Father, I pray that we would see your hand at work in a mighty, mighty way. Father, I don't want to stand at the one side of the Red Sea and be content to row across on a boat. Father, I want to see you part the waters and take us across on dry land. I want to see the impossible happen because all things are possible with you. Father, I pray that as we come to you, Lord, Father, we would seek to draw close to you, closer than we've ever been. Father, that you would use us, Lord, to make an impact on our world and the people around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Please join me again as we worship God through song. And stand if you're able. fixing this, I sincerely apologize, I will do a quick little plug. Um, this evening at the Jersey County Fair, we get the my wife and I get the opportunity to lead worship and song. Um, we didn't get to do it last year because of everything going on, but this year we get to do it, and the um, special treat is Dairy Queen actually sponsors it, and they come and provide a blizzard for everybody that comes. So we get chances to gather all sorts of different denominations come together. We just sing songs, 
worship God, pray together, and just lift up his name, and, and um, they collect money for Angel Tree, and they do so many different things, and it's just a fantastic opportunity to sing with people that, you know, if it wasn't for that, we would never get to even see them in a, in a church setting, but we know we are all worshiping the same God, lifting up his name in praise, and just worshiping him together, so at 6 o'clock this evening, I'm not going to say if you don't have anything going on. I'm going to say if you want to take the opportunity to come worship with people that you don't always get to worship with in person, come join us at the Jersey County Fairgrounds as, uh, as just we lift up his name in praise and we just lift up uh, uh, each other in prayer and our nation in prayer. Heather is going to open things by singing national anthem as we pray for our country and, and everything that's happening and, and as we continue to worship God through uh, any opportunity that we get. So as we continue to worship him together, hopefully I'm in tune, and, uh, and we continue to sing his praises. I cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. His body bound and drenched in tears, they laid him down in Joseph. Oh, praise you. 
difícil. For endless days, we get to praise his name. So as we sang that song, it had all of the elements of the gospel in there. The idea that Jesus was on the cross, buried in the tomb, risen from the tomb, and he's coming back. Right? That's what to get excited about. So today, in our, in our study here of 2 Corinthians, we're going to continue in 2 Corinthians. We're in the latter part of the fifth chapter, in the latter part of the fifth chapter, and we're going to see a little bit of what it means that he was raised from the dead, what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Paul's going to use some terminology in there to help us to understand what he's done for us, why he did it, and what we need to do. And in the midst of this, you know, every book's got one of those verses that just sticks out. You go, I, I know that verse. I mean, sometimes you don't even know where it's from. Right? You remember the idea of becoming a new creature? This is the verse. We're going to read that verse, the idea of becoming a new creature. The idea of becoming a new creature. So here's a question that I have. When you hear that terminology, depending on what version you're reading out of, we're going to read it out of New American Standard, but you could read other translations, and you're going to find either new creature or the term new creation. New creature or new creation. So here's the question that I want, you, I want to ask you. When you think about that, what's your understanding? If I were to ask you, and I'm going to say, I'm going to call you out and say, hey, Joe, when I say new creature, what's that mean to you? And you would answer, Joe would answer, you would answer, blah, 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 blah. Okay, this is what I think of that. What's that mean to be about a new creature? So we deal with the idea of becoming a new you. Our commercials deal with that. If you're flipping through the channels, you know, I don't even think it has to be late at night. You can become a new you. You can become trimmer, right? Okay, and so you get a new look. Um, you can become wrinkle-free. Just rub this stuff on you. It's, it's body filler. They use it on cars, and it works really good on your face. Okay, you can become wrinkle-free. You can become muscle-bound as long as you do it like this. All right, you know, you know, all of those things, it's that new look that you get. And, and it's a change in how you look before. When you read that terminology or you look at that verse in, in 2 Corinthians, the verse we're going to read, and somebody says, hey, ask Jesus in your heart, you become a new creature. You've asked Jesus in your heart, and you go, you, you walk up to the mirror, and you look the same. And, and, you know, you know, you, you, you know, there's not a cross on your head. There, I mean, that doesn't happen. It doesn't stick up out of your head or anything like that. You look kind of the same. You think, well, okay, it'll take a while, like the trimmer thing. It's going to take a while for that to happen on the muscle-bound thing. And, and he, really, over the years, you look the same as you would have looked without Christ, physically. So, so that's the question I'm going to ask. What does that, what's your understanding of that? What should our understanding be of, of, of the idea of being a new creature or a new creation? How do we, because I'm going to tell you, when you look at that, that new trimmer you, this is what you could look like. I, I think they can even computer enhance your image now. They can do that with your, your face. They can do that with your hair. They can, you know, all of that. I want you to understand that as exciting as those things are, this idea of being a new creation or a new creature in Christ Jesus is way, way more exciting and impactful than all of those thrown together. I want you to understand it. So let's get a hold of this. So let's pick it up here in the 11th verse of 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter. So you can follow along in your Bibles. For those of you who don't know, we actually have it on the Bible app. And if you don't know, now is not the time to tell you, but... Look at me. Look me up later, and we'll show you how to do that. Somebody will remind you. Show you how to do that. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest to God. 
And I hope that we are made manifest also in your consciousness. We are not again commending ourselves to you, but are giving you an occasion to be proud of us so that you will have an answer for those who take pride in appearance and not in heart. For those of you that are new walking through this, Paul actually has to defend who he is and what he's doing. The the church that he worked to plant at Corinth, the believers there, they've had issues. He's written a letter. He's written another letter. And, and And in this letter, he's trying, because people have come along and tried to take away his credibility. We are familiar with that whenever election time comes. Somebody comes along and steals the credit or tries to steal the credibility away from somebody else. And that's what happened at Corinth. So when we read through that, Paul is, def- in, is in the process of defending who he is and what he's doing. So for if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all so that they they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him again who died and rose again on their behalf. Let me stop for a moment. Can we back up to the 14th verse? Just as I'm walking through this, the running commentary on this is understand, and I'm going to share with you because you're going to run, you're going to run across it from time to time. It's not a new thing. It's called universalism. And what universalism is that everybody gets to go to heaven. Okay, when I'm reading through even notes this morning or yesterday, the idea was that this verse could be misinterpreted to say that everybody gets to go to heaven. Only those who believe in Jesus Christ have accepted Him as their Lord and Savior and repented of their sins, get to go to heaven. He died for all. That is true. Okay, So let's back, go back. We'll, we'll start here. We'll just keep reading. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And He died for all so that they, might, that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for Him again, for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and He has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Let's talk about that phrase, new creature or new creation. Kind of understand this concept. What does it mean? Because again, I don't become trimmer. I don't have a cross. I don't have a glow around my head. You can come see me at night. I don't have a glow around my head. That's not how it works. What does it then mean that we become a new creature? Those in Christ. That in Christ means that we have made that choice. We have individually said, I want, I want Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want Jesus to save me. Those are the terminology that we use to be in Christ. To be in Christ. So when we're in Christ, we become a new creature. What does that mean? What, how do we explain that? So as we walk through those verses of Scripture, all of these things are taken from there. When we become a new creature, we no longer live for ourselves. 
The idea that when those that are in Christ no longer live for themselves. We struggle with this. Right? We struggle with this. I live, I should live, not for my own interests or my own gain. I should live in a kingdom-focused way. In other words, what I want to do, we read this last week, I want to do things that do what? That please Him. Not that please me, but that please Him. I want to be His servant. I want Him to work through me, not to bring glory to me, but to bring glory to His name. That's a change from where we we live. And here's, I I will say this to that. When we talk about the old life and the new life, understand that the old life is, is a habit that we had for a long time. And it's a habit of those people around us. And so when we make a change, it's, it's hard to make that change. I will say that, I'll use this as an illustration. When, when I was probably in sixth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, we were getting a new place. My dad decided he didn't want to smoke any longer. And so he made that decision. But here's what happened. Here's what happened with that decision. So what my dad had to stop doing was also, he, he, he stopped going to the bar. He didn't go all the time, but he stopped going to the bar. Why? Because everybody in the bar smoked. It was a different time and a different era. It was when indoor smoking was allowed. And so he wanted to make the change. The new him meant he wasn't going to smoke at that time. But in order to do that, he had to remove himself from the culture, the people around him, the friends that also smoked, that would draw him back into that. So as we talk about this new creature, this idea, this new creation no longer living for themselves, understand that short of going to a monastery, you're going to be around people who are living, and I suspect that you're going to find that there. All right? Because they're not perfect either. But what you're going to deal with is you're going to live in a world that will constantly tell you you need to do that for yourself. You need to do that for yourself. It's not bad advice, but if that's if you if you simply get to the point where you're doing that for yourself and not for God, then you're probably getting pulled back into the old way of doing things. So the new creation, the new creature, has the opportunity to live not for yourself, but for God. You don't belong to God. You're not living for God. You understand? That's the disconnect. You can't live for God when you don't belong to God. But when you come to God, you now have the opportunity to live in a new way and not live for yourself. That's the idea of a new creation. Wouldn't that be a change in our lives? If we decided we were living for Him and not for ourselves. That's the idea of a new creation. We are known differently. We are known differently. I don't think that it will matter when you get to heaven that you are a resident of Illinois, that you're white, and that you're from the United States. There's not, and, and you're Southern Baptist. The old joke was, you know, you walk around heaven and the Methodists are over here, be quiet as you go by. They think they're the only ones there. I want you to understand that he says we are known differently. When we come to Christ, what is our identity? We want, and we want an identity, right? We want to have an identity. But when we come to Christ, what's our simplest identity? And the most profound identity that you could have? You are a child of the king. An heir of the kingdom. You can't get that in any other way except through Jesus Christ. You want a higher calling than a child of the king? There isn't any. You can be president of the world. That doesn't compare to being a child of the king. He not only owns the world, he owns everything you can see and beyond what you can see. Beyond what our microscopes can see. Beyond what our telescopes can see. He owns all that. You want to be whatever you are now and claim to, or do you want to be a child of the king? That's how we are known differently. 
when we all come together, we're all children of the king. No matter what part of the globe, what age we died in, we are a child. You know those people that died back in 522? They didn't even know what a smartphone is. But you know what? They still have the same standing before the king as we do. A child of the king. That's our identity. And that may be how we need to see one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, that we are together a child of the king. The rest of that stuff really doesn't matter. It pales in comparison to that identity of being belonging to Jesus Christ. Because he, the most precious commodity in all of the universe is the blood of Jesus Christ. That's a J.D. Greer quote out of um, Jesus Continues. And in that, he paid that price, the only price that made it possible for you to be a child of the King. That's who we need to be. The old things are past, and new things have come. It's not here. Here's the the thing: when you you know, when I was growing up in high school, it was like you didn't really want to go to church because church people didn't get to do things. You know, they, they got robbed of all the good, fun stuff, right? I suspect that I'm not in high school anymore, but I'm suspecting that it's probably the same way today. It's the same way outside of that. I worked in the world, and it's that same way. Well, you're, you're part of the people who don't have any fun. You know, it's kind of like God, you know, when God comes in and dwells in your house, He says, He looks around the, the, the house and he says, that needs to go, that needs to go, that needs to go, that needs to go, that needs to go. And all of those things are labeled fun. And he takes all of those things away. And then he doesn't give you anything in place. But what the Scripture tells us is he takes away those things. And honestly, if you understand it, he takes away the things that were bringing death to you. If you're, if you're following the cancer group, you'll understand that the cancer group wants to come into your house and look in your cupboards, and they want to take away your M&Ms and your Snickers and your milkshakes. And you're going, oh, no! Those are fun things in my house. And they're going, no, no, all those things got sugar in them, and sugar's not really good for your body. A little bit of it's okay, but not a lot. Let's, let's, let's see if we can't get rid of it. And you're going, no, no, that's fun. And they, then they start to deal, they start to show you things, and they, they tell you that, that sugar isn't building you up, it's destroying you. And you get the truth of the matter, and you're going, okay, I can, cut, I, I, can, I can work this out of the house. I can put it closer to the door. Do you understand that the things that you label in your life as fun are often the things that are destroying you? And God wants to take those out of, your, out of the house so that you become a healthier you. Not a less fun you, but a healthier you. And so that's what God's working at, old passing away, and then the new things. God's going to give you things, the peace and the joy. You look at those fruits of the Spirit, and you see those things are good. I want those things. And they don't cost. They come from Him. Here to pay the price. So let's talk about this, the idea of the love of Christ. Because as we talk about this, this new creature, understand that the only way that's possible is because of the love of Christ. He, he died on the cross. He hung on the cross to pay the price for your sins, for my sins. He did that so that what? We could become a new creature. So that he could bring about the change in our life. So that he could send the Holy Spirit. Jesus continued to dwell in our lives. To put that pledge on us so that we know we have eternity guaranteed for us. Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. He died to make us new. That is the love of Christ. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son Whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The John 3, 16. Do you understand what all that means? It means this new. It means the, he's cleaning out the stuff that's destroying you and replacing it with stuff that will build you up. He did that because he loved you. He did that because he loved you. So, it's that love. You see, Paul 
when you read Paul's letters, Paul wants to do what? He wants to be an imitator of Christ. You realize that you don't get measured up to people around you? Well, I did better than Joe or Tom or Bob or whatever it was. That's not how you get measured. You get measured by Christ. Sinless and perfect. So Paul's doing everything that he can to be like Christ. If Christ died so that you and I might have new life, so that Paul might have new life, it's that love that compels him or controls him and thrusts him forth to do the same thing. Because Christ loves me, He loved me enough to die for, die for me that I might become a new creature. Therefore, I want to love the people around me with Christ-like love, and that means that I want them to, to become a new creature. It's what compels me. And that's where we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. We begin to that ministry of reconciliation. Christ has given that. We, we don't reconcile anybody. We just get to come show them the plan of reconciliation. What's reconciliation mean? It means that you and I and God, your relationship was severed because of sin. You weren't talking. We're going to fix that relationship. And Jesus Christ did that. We were enemies of God. But because of what Jesus Christ has done and our response to that, I'm no longer an enemy of God. I'm a child of God, right? And so we want other people to experience that relationship. We, we oftentimes work in, in, our, in our community of friends and we try to you know, get people back talking to one another. They're not talking to one another, we to help them. And that's all great. You and I have the opportunity, ministry of reconciliation, not just between them and their, their brother or them and their cousin or them and their neighbor. We have the ministry to reconcile them to God. What a powerful thing. Around us are people whose relationship with God is broken. They, don't, they may not even really realize it, or they realize it, and they don't know how to fix it. Isn't it great when you watch, walk up on somebody and you know that they're trying to fix something and they can't fix it? And you know the answer? And you walk up there and, and boy, there's joy when you share with them how to fix the situation that they're in. You know, it might be somebody with a flat tire and they've never changed a flat tire. And you come along and say, well, here's all the instructions. Let me walk you through this. And boom, down the, down the road, everything is great. You and I have that opportunity to do something, not just to push them down the road to the next flat tire. We have the opportunity to fix something for eternity. We get that gospel message that we get to share with people that good news so that things can become, become fixed. We have that word of reconciliation. We get to be ambassadors. You know, in our world, not everybody, you know, the college I went to had ambassadors. I wasn't chosen to be one. Figure that out. So, so anyway, because I am his, I get to be an ambassador. So do you. So do you. Here's the thing I want to walk away with, the idea of the action steps. I want you to do something with this Word. I, I'll share this with you again. I don't, I don't want us to be entertained today. My jokes are not that funny. I want us to be equipped to live a better life. I want you to take something from here like you've been to the home improvement store. You've been to the life improvement store because God wants your life to be a new creation. He wants your life to be changed. And I'm just telling you, some of you are, are like that house that started. you got a house that started and it's never finished. It just kind of lays there in, in the building process and, and nothing's happening or, or, or so little that you can't quite tell. Oh, they put the roof on this year. All right. What we want to do is our life needs to be witnessed. Because guess what? 
you may not look trimmer, less wrinkled, or more muscle-bound because you're a new creature. But if you really embrace the idea of being a new creature, your character will have changed because you will no longer be living only for yourself or for yourself. You will be living in a way that is different than you lived before. And I'm going to say that you'll probably stand out among the people because there's a world of people living like they want, living for themselves. That new creature will show through. That new creature will show through as you begin to share. You can have the same life I have. So here's the action steps. Who are we living for? That's an honest question. You, you know, if I asked you that, are you living for Jesus today? And I asked you to raise your hands, all of you would raise your hands up. Because once the hand in front of you went up, your hand would go up too because you don't want to I don't want to do it that way. I want you to honestly take inventory of your life and what you're doing and ask, is that because I'm living for God or is that about me? So that's just a simple thing. It's a simple thing. It's going to be brutal. Ask God to help you out. The second one, is the love of Christ motivating you? Are you doing this because you want to love like He loved? You know, that's another question to answer. Ask. And, and the last question is this. I was talking to a preacher yesterday, uh, Friday, I think it was. And he, and he made the comment that, that somebody told him in his congregation they didn't need to know how to share Jesus. I'm just going to paraphrase that. You need to know how to share Jesus. That didn't say, Cliff, is the minister of reconciliation. You all get a watch. That said, we are ministers of reconciliation. You know Jesus, you're a minister of reconciliation. You know Jesus, you're an ambassador. You know Jesus, you know the gospel story because that's how you came to Him. So I'm going to ask you, who are you seeking? I need a name in there. We have names on our choose. We do a prayer list. And if you're on our email list, you're going to get it tomorrow. You're going to get an updated prayer list. And on there is the who's your one list. There are a lot of names on there. But there's not a name for every one of you in here. And there ought to be. There ought to be a long, I need, what I'm saying is I ought to have one whole page of who's your ones. Now some of those are duplicates because your person's got the same name as somebody else's person. But you see, when I look at this Scripture, the idea of, of becoming a new creature, the idea of being ministers of reconciliation, I become that new creature now to share the Gospel. I need to be praying for and looking for the opportunity to share with somebody. I need God to do that. When you start doing that, other people start doing that. Let's be an encouragement for one another as we pray, as we look to share the Gospel. If you don't know how to share the Gospel, Come talk to me, and we'll walk through that. Don't be afraid to share the gospel. Any way of sharing the gospel other than with the baseball bat is probably a good way to do it, okay? Take the baseball bat, set it down, and tell them about Jesus. They need to hear that. You need to do that. So, let's pray. Father, I... As we walk through the Scripture, I'm a new creature. Many of the people here are a new creature because they know You as Lord and Savior. Father, help us to, to, to be all about You, Father. Help us to, to be compelled by Your love. To love like You love. Father, to live a life, Father, that, that it's not about us, but it's about You and about Your kingdom. Father, help us to be a witness Help, Father, to see, for other people to see, because of what we've done with you, that they see a different person, a new person. Father, I pray that, that we may have stopped. You know, it's easy to get drawn back into the old habits. 
Father, I pray that today that I might not do that. Father, I pray on the behalf of these people that they might make that decision, Lord, to seek You out afresh and anew, even in this hour. Father, to seek to become new and to, to put away the old things that have crept back in, that have moved back in the house. Father, I pray that if there's somebody that's not a new creation, new creature, because they simply do not know You. They've never accepted You as Lord and Savior. Maybe they've lived under the pretense that, that everybody who dies goes to heaven, or if they're good, they go to heaven. Father, I pray that today You might move them to make a change in their understanding and then a change in their destiny, Lord, as they come to know You as Lord and Savior. Father, I pray for other decisions that need to be made. Father, that You have been working with Your people drawing them, Lord, to follow you. Father, I pray that today might be the day that they make that decision. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to stand and sing. And, and so if you need to pray, you need to make a decision to follow Christ for your Savior or in some other fashion. You might, might want to join the church. You might, want to, you might be called to be a missionary. And God, because I don't want to limit what God is doing in our midst, Whatever God is calling you to do, let's make it known so we can celebrate that together. Or let's come and pray and know that the people that are watching you aren't saying, I wonder what they did wrong, I wonder what's messed up, but they're praying with you as you come and pray. Let's sing. Lord, now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change the leper spots and melt the heart of stone. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. And when before the throne I stand in Him complete, Jesus died my soul to save. My lips shall still repeat. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Thank you for being here. Here's our Have You Reds for this week out of 1 Samuel 29:30 Hosea, Ephesians, and Mark. And I encourage you to read with us. I'm not asking, it's eight chapters. Uh, that's, that's like one, one point something a day. And so read through that. And honestly, you can read through it at the beginning of the week. But what I want you to know is on Wednesday, videos will be posted on YouTube and Facebook, and you can go watch those. I don't teach the whole two chapters. Just take a portion out. Because what I want you to do, guys, is when you read the Scripture, Grab hold of something that just gets your attention and have a discussion with somebody. It might be your, your wife, your spouse, it might be somebody you work with, it might be your kids. But the idea behind reading Scripture, that's how I do that. I want you just to think about what it says, how it impacts your life, and, and have a discussion about that. We talk about a lot of things. Outside of Sunday school and outside of church, we can still talk about Scripture. Right, so that's what I want us to do. So do that, read that, see that. Um, also, on Wednesday night, I want you to know, at 
we're going to have what we call a connect me. It's like an inside picnic because it's raining outside. Right now it's not raining, but it's been raining on and off. So we're going to have inside picnic, just like it's going to rain, and we're going to sit at the tables and we're going to have food, and, and, and the ants will be there. No, there's no ants. But we're going to sit down, and what I want, what, what, on the table will be a prayer sheet so you can write down prayer requests. Your table can pray. When you get all your table filled up, pray. Read the scripture that's on the table there. And then let's eat, and let's connect. Let's, let's talk. Let's converse with one another. Let's get to know one another a little bit better and, uh, and enjoy the time of fellowship. There's nothing after that, so you're free to hang out until we flip the light switches. And I don't see the door locked behind you, so we're good. So I want you to do that. And I will say that this was asked today. Some of you, you know, as we're moving back and we're getting some things back in, some have asked about a bulletin. So it won't be a bulletin. But it will be an in, a sheet with some information on it and what maybe a welcome to our church. So if you have a suggestion for what you want to see on there, um, tell somebody else. No. <laughs> okay. Let us know. Let the office know so that we can put that on there. And yes, we do care. Yes, we want you to understand things. And if you take one, read one. Okay, that kind of thing. Like Because not everybody does it electronically. And so I am glad that you are in God's house today. It is good to see every one of your smiling or non-smiling faces. And I'm going to release you to go home, and uh, but carry God with you. Carry what you learned here, Sunday school, sing the song on the way home. And, and let's make an impact for Jesus in, in our community and in your world. Thank you, guys.